Welcome to the Doc Washburn Show, the show that talks about what you actually care about. Minutes after each live stream is completed, the Doc Washburn Show podcast is available for download at all your favorite podcast platforms. The Doc Washburn Show is on Twitter and Facebook. You can email us at contact at docwashburnshow.com. This is episode 125 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, and it's Sunday, April 10th, 2022. So here's the question. What will it take for me to be elected the next governor of Arkansas? I'll tell you on today's episode of the Doc Washburn Show. But first, yes, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. Yes, it's obvious the last U.S. presidential election was stolen. No, my old employer wouldn't allow me to say that on the radio. And yes, there's all kinds of evidence out there that a lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. And yes, we must keep the January 6th political prisoners in our prayers. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We're unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you'd like to support what we do, go to our website, docwashburnshow.com, and click on the button that says Become a Patron. Now, I'm running for governor of the great state of Arkansas. And if you would like to support the campaign for governor of the only conservative running for governor of Arkansas, go to our website, electdocwashburn.com, and make a donation. I guess it's a contribution is what I'm supposed to say. Anyway, on a regular basis, people ask me, what can we do to help you? What can we do to make this happen? And let me tell you how close we are. I have made it clear I've reminded people that there's a great tradition in the state of Arkansas. When you get elected governor, your first day in office, the tradition is on your desk are the resignation letters of the heads of all the departments and agencies. And you get to choose which ones to accept. Okay? Now, I have said I can't think of any that I'm going to turn down. Okay? So the other day, Dr. Jose Romero, director of the Arkansas Department of Health, announced he's resigning to take a job with the CDC. Oh, Okay, that's interesting timing. Now, will Governor Hutchinson go ahead and hire a replacement for him? Governor Asa Lane Duck Hutchinson? I, I, I kind of doubt it. I kind of doubt it. Another, another piece of evidence about how close 
we are getting to winning this thing. I do a lot of campaign events. I travel all over the state. I've been to Paragould. I've been to Jonesboro, Mountain Home, Rogers, Fayetteville, Mena, Fort Smith, Camden, Searcy, Conway. I'm going to be in Camden again tomorrow night and Texarkana Tuesday night. And I meet a lot of people. And everywhere I go, my message is very warmly received. Great positive response everywhere I go. Sometimes I run into people who are already in office. Now, in the past week, I ran into one of the handful of Republicans in the state legislature who made a huge mistake. And that mistake was voting to sustain Aza Hutchinson's veto of the SAFE Act. That is the act to outlaw chemical castration of minors. And he talked to me about why he made the decision, and he talked to me for about an hour about all the good things he's done in the legislature and tried to make the case he's not a rhino, he's a conservative. Because he's being challenged in a primary, and I'm standing there, the, the longer we talked, as I was trying to be very polite and listen to everything he wanted to say, the longer we talked, the more I'm thinking, there's no way in the world this guy's going to waste an hour of his time on a Saturday night when he has friends waiting to talk to him in the next room. If he doesn't I think there's a pretty good chance I'm going to be governor. Why, why, why do he waste his, his time on a Don Quixote tilting at windmills? See, I notice things like this. So let me go back to what I was saying. Everywhere I go, I get a very positive response to my message. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Which is not the way our government is operating in Arkansas, and I don't know if it ever has. If that's the way our government was operating, then we wouldn't have all these horror stories coming out of nursing homes. We wouldn't have all these DCFS horror stories about a child welfare system, government bureaucrats taking children away from parents who haven't done anything wrong, and then the parents are presumed guilty until they can prove themselves innocent. Sometimes take months, sometimes takes years to get the kids back, sometimes they're never going to back. Do unto others as you have them do unto you. That's not what the Arkansas State Government does. If it did, we wouldn't have homeless veterans because we would be making sure that our veterans know that they are due federal benefits so they have a place to live and they have enough money to buy groceries. That's not the way the Arkansas State Government is operating. If our 
state government was operating under do unto others as you'd have them do unto you, then our Surgeon General would be encouraging doctors and hospitals to actually treat people who get COVID with what works, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine. He refuses to. And he's making something like $173,000 a year. If our state, no, I'll get to it in a minute, what it's going to take for me to win. If our state government was operating under the premise, do unto others as you have them do unto you, UAMS would not have put out a fake news story to all the TV news operations of Little Rock a few months ago saying that ivermectin was horse paste and people were calling 911 Poison Control Center ODing on horse paste. They would have admitted that seven or eight years ago, the people who developed ivermectin got a Nobel Prize for medicine for its use on human beings. They wouldn't be lying to you, but they do. They do lie to you. UAMS, which also has a transgender unit, you know, for our trans kids. So, again, if I get elected governor, I'm going to find out if I can, uh, and I think I can, fire Dr. Cam Patterson in charge of UAMS. I'm told he only has a contract a year at a time, so the legislature can give him a big pay raise every year. He's making something like, what, $1.6, $1.7 million a year to lie to us? This is red meat for Republican primary voters. I talk about this stuff, and people who are sending Sarah Huckabee Sanders money are all of a sudden like, okay, wait a minute, you're the guy. You're the guy. I talk about the fact that we're one of the highest tax states in the country. Definitely the highest tax state in the Mid-South. We have the second highest tax on your monthly cell phone bill in America. Our monthly cell phone tax is higher than New York or California. 20.21% a year. And we got to bring it down, way down. We got to get rid of the personal state income tax. We got to get rid of the income tax of small businesses. We got to get rid of the income tax on used goods, including used cars. And people hear me talking about this and they're like, okay, Sarah's not talking about any of this at all. And when I tell them that my campaign staff looked into her contributions, and 90% of her contributions are either from PACs or people out of state, when I tell them that liberal, Democrat, political activists in states like California are giving a lot of money to Sarah, when I tell them that Sarah is charging five to $6,000 a plate at dinners just to hear her speak for 10 or 15 minutes in Birmingham, Alabama, in Mar-a-Lago, in Austin, Texas, in Pennsylvania, and I'm not going to do that, when I tell them I'm sick and tired of Walmart and the Chamber of Commerce shoving their liberal ideology down our throats, you like me, and that's going to come to an end. People are like, where do I sign up? What can I do to help? If enough people hear my message, I will be the nominee and I will be the next governor. But it takes money for people to hear my message. It takes money to get the message out to people all over the state who have never heard of me before. Sarah has $13 million. She has name recognition. Now, I don't need $13 million. Well, she doesn't either. 
Now she's begging for 5 to $10 to put gas in her big honking, are you, are, are you, well, it's not really a, I guess it's a, a tour bus. It's not really an RV. It's a, it's a big old tour bus. She needs gas money. She's raised $13 million, but she's on Facebook asking for 5 or 10 bucks here or there for gas money. She's charging five dollars to $6,000 a plate in different parts of the country, outside Arkansas, but she needs 5 to 10 bucks if you can spare, for gas money for a big tour bus. I don't think she needs that much gas. She spends most of her time outside Arkansas. She's endorsing a guy for U.S. Senate in Pennsylvania. Uh, Sarah, you're not the president yet. So anyway, I don't need $13 million. I don't even need 10%. I don't even need $1.3 million. I've talked this over with my campaign managers, and they agree if I get 1% of what Sarah has raised, about $130,000, I'll get my message out to enough Republican primary voters, I'll win the nomination, I'll be the next governor. So, I did a little math. We need less than $90,000 to get there. Now, on a regular basis, anywhere from 1,500 to 1,800 people listen to each podcast that I do on Doc Washburn's show. If each one of the 1,500 people went to electdocwashburn.com and plunked down 60 bucks, That'd be ninety thousand dollars. If half of them plunked down thirty bucks, the other half plunked down ninety bucks. That'd be ninety thousand dollars. So when people ask me what can we do to help put you over the the finish line, I tell them pray that enough people will go to electdocwashburn.com and contribute money so we can get the word out. That's it. I'm not, I'm not asking for $5,000 a plate. I go all over the state and speak for free. Sarah won't do that. Now, she's, she's recently noticed that she has some competition. They're starting to do polling, asking people for the primary, who you're supporting, Sarah Huckabee Sanders or Doc Washburn. They're paying for the polling. they got plenty of money to pay for the polling. She does photo ops. She doesn't want to answer questions because she doesn't really have a grasp on the issues. She says Aza Hutchinson has been doing a good job. Now, again, remember who we're talking about here. Governor Hutchinson, the guy who said it should be legal to chemically castrate little children. That guy, she says, has been doing a great job. Mask mandates to five-year-olds. That guy, she says, has been doing a great job. How many small businesses did he shut down ruining people's life savings back in 2020? That guy, she says, has been doing a good job. Well, I'm sure she thinks her dad did a good job. Mike Huckabee, who in 2004 conspired with the Democrat legislature to... Combine a lot of our school districts, our rural school districts. So you have little five and six year olds get on school buses before dawn to ride two hours 
to school in the morning and two hours back in the afternoon. That's child abuse. But I'm sure she thinks her dad did a good job. He's the one that signed it. He's the one that signed it. So, do unto others as you have them do unto you. We have horror stories coming out of nursing homes. Are there some nursing homes doing a good job? Well, there must be. But my first day in office, I would sign an executive order directing the Office of Long-Term Care to enforce the law. I've heard too many people tell me the Office of Long-Term Care, their inspectors who go to the nursing homes, they don't inspect anything. Just show up, sign the paperwork, shake hands with the manager, and take off. That's why we have people languishing in a lot of these nursing homes with bed sores, with cuts that aren't treated, with personnel that ignore doctors' instructions. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and that's been going on through two terms of Asa Hutchinson, through two terms of Mike Huckabee, from two, pardon me, two terms of Mike Beebe, two and a half terms of Mike Huckabee. I don't know how long it's been going on. I don't know. I don't know how far back you have to go. Our child welfare system, DCFS and Crimes Against Children Division, Arkansas State Police have been taking children away from parents who have not done anything parents that aren't even charged with breaking the law. For as far back as I know, Aza didn't want to fix it. I confronted him on it. When I interviewed Aza Hutchinson, when he had a primary opponent in 2018, the great Jan Morgan, I confronted him on it. I'm like, look, why don't I just tell our child welfare workers to wear body cams? So, well, now, Doc, I don't think we could afford the storage for all that video. You got a $1.2 billion tax surplus. I think you could afford it. Aza Hutchinson didn't care that parents are having their kids taken away from them. Mike Beebe didn't care. Mike Huckabee didn't care. None of them would do a thing. And Sarah's not going to do a thing to protect families either. Because in her mind, Aza's been doing a good job. Her dad, Mike Huckabee, did a good job. Hey, look, she even had a TV commercial about how proud she was that her dad and Bill Clinton welcomed the Little Rock Nine back to Central High School. Now, of course, you want to honor the Little Rock Nine. That's not the point. The point is Bill Clinton, a lot of us believe, is a serial rapist. See, I'll say these kinds of things because I'm not a politician. If the Lord wants me to be elected governor, I will be. If he doesn't, I won't. But I've met Juanita Broderick. I've interviewed Juanita Broderick. I believe Juanita Broderick. If you don't know who she is, look it up. So, I'm told the nursing home industry is one of the biggest lobbies in the state of Arkansas. I don't care. 
I'm not going to go along to get along. So, you know, if you want four to eight more years of Asa Hutchinson, Sarah's your girl. If you want the status quo, if you want the taxes to remain some of the highest in the country, Sarah's your girl. If you want our precious elderly to continue being abused in nursing homes by people who do not see them as human beings, Sarah's your girl. If you want a child welfare system to continue to take children away from parents who love them, who haven't done anything wrong, because they let somebody with a state government in their house without a warrant because, well, I haven't done anything wrong. I don't have anything to hide. And the next thing you know, they take the kids away. Sarah's your girl. She won't change a thing. Because her donors don't want her to change a thing. I don't think I got a whole lot of Democrats donating or contributing to the Doc Washburn for Governor campaign like she does. I guarantee you I don't have a whole fun, a bunch of folks from Chamber of Commerce or Walmart contributing to my campaign like she does. So again, if it matters to you, if you would like to see a novel concept, a state government that actually believes in do unto others as you have them do unto you, that wants to help the veterans so we don't have any more homeless veterans in, in Arkansas because they're being taken care of, simply by telling them the federal benefits that are due to them for putting on the uniform risking their lives for us. I'm your guy. And if enough money rolls in to electdocwashburn.com, I can get the message out to enough people. I don't need $13 million. I don't even need $1.3 million. All I need is about 130000 And we, we need to raise less than 90000 to get there. So that's what you can do. 5, 10, 25, 50, 75, 100, whatever. Whenever I see a donation of $5, it really touches my heart because I know that's got to be from somebody who $5 means a lot to. Somebody's going paycheck to paycheck, maybe even on unemployment. I appreciate every contribution we get. That means something to me when I see one for $5. But I know there are a handful of people who could give 250 or 500 or 1000 The legal limit on what you can give is $2,900. I found that out after I started running for governor. You can give $2,900 in the, for the primary, and if you want, $2,900 for the election. See, if I get the nomination, I mean, I'm not going to have to ask for money again because it'll start piling in. But the remarkable thing, hey, did you hear the story out of uh, New Jersey? The truck driver who spent less than $200, mostly Dunkin' Donuts, because all he did was do Facebook Live videos. Republican truck driver, he defeated 
the president of the state Senate in New Jersey, Democrat who'd been there in that state legislature longer than anybody else. It can be done. It can be done. So I just want to put that out there for you because I'm telling you the same thing I was telling the uh, ladies of Saline County Republican Women's Club on Tuesday, February the 8th of this year. I said, look, it costs $15,000 to file to run for governor as a Republican. I don't have the money, but if the Lord provides the money, then I'm going to run. I'm going to, then I'm going to file. I said, I'm running for governor. And they started contributing that evening. Now, $15,000 at the time seemed insurmountable. I knew it would take divine intervention. The Lord would have to provide the money, and he did. If the Lord provides about 90000 which is what we need now to get the word out to enough people for me to be the nominee, a nominee, I'll be the nominee. And if I'm the Republican nominee, I will be governor. There's no question about it. I don't care who the sacrificial lamb is that the Democrats put up. I'll beat them in November. All right. So having said all that, once again, the website is electdocwashburn.com, and I appreciate your support so much. Now, we also appreciate our advertisers here at the Doc Washburn Show. I can't tell you how much we appreciate our advertisers. Speaking of which, if you try to buy a car recently, you realize there's such a chip shortage, you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Your Way comes in. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online and they'll drive it to you no matter where you are. Red River Your Way wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. That's why they've added technology to their website to put you in complete control of your payment options and allows you to complete the entire purchase process online. But don't worry, Red River experts are still here to help you every step of the way if you have any questions. Red River makes it so easy. As you browse their selection, you'll see each vehicle has a button that says Explore Payment Options on it. Clicking that button guides you through a few easy questions and then create personalized payment options you have complete control over. All you have to do is adjust your preferences, and all the math happens automatically so you can figure out what monthly payment works best for your budget. Red River Your Way makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom, the dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door no matter where you live, redriveryourway.com. You will be glad you did. We talk a lot about pushing back against the overreach of the federal government. What better example would there be than Obamacare? Are you like most Americans? Did Obamacare, the so-called Affordable Care Act, make your health care more expensive? Does your health insurance premium feel like a second mortgage? Does your sky-high deductible prevent you from going to the doctor? Do your sky-high copays keep you from going to the doctor? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you need to go to a website called MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. When you click on MyFamilyHealthPlan.com, you see the big, bold letters, Affordable Plans. Save 30 to 50% on premiums, personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, no co-pays. 
and then that big, beautiful red button that says Schedule Call Now. You click on the red button, you book a free consultation with my friend Art Wilborn. He makes sure there are no gaps in your coverage, and he also makes sure that your personalized health coverage gives you a plan that doesn't force you to cover things like abortion, horrible things which would deeply offend your deeply held religious beliefs. MyFamilyHealthPlan.com, affordable plans, save 30 to 50% on premiums, personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, no copays. Click the big red button, schedule a call now, book a free consultation with Art Wilborn. He makes sure there are no gaps in your coverage. Save money on your insurance at MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. All right, let me ask you this. Does your financial advisor take the time to listen and get to know you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situations change? When you work with Jonathan Presswood, he focuses on what's important to you. He uses an established process to help you achieve your unique goals, whether that's preparing for retirement, making your money last in retirement, planning your estate or inheritance, preparing for the unexpected, or anything else. Jonathan Presswood can help. Now, what should you do if you leave a job and have a 401k or other retirement plan? Or if you're getting close to retirement or already in retirement? Call my friend, Jonathan Presswood, today. He'll help you create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And he'll partner together with you to help your strategy stay on track no matter what life throws at you. Listen, we can all dream of having a perfect retirement, but how many of us will actually experience it? No matter where you are today, Jonathan Presswood is offering a free retirement analysis to figure out where you'd like to be and what it will take to get you there, and there's no obligation. Contact Jonathan Presswood, a financial advisor with Edward Jones Investments, today at 501 303-4844. Again, that's 501-303-4844. Don't wait. Call Jonathan Presswood today at 501-303-4844. Now, if you're like me, you can't remember phone numbers, go to our website, docwashburnshow.com. Just click on the link to Jonathan Presswood at Edward Jones. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. All right, now let me get to some of the stuff in the news because there's a lot of stuff in the news. First of all, this is crazy. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Where where is this from? What do you mean Fox Metro News? What is Fox Metro News? Hard to tell. But what they do have is a story we've been seeing a lot of other places. A jaw-dropping 769 athletes have collapsed while competing over the past year. Average age of players suffering cardiac arrest is just 23. Have you seen any of the viral videos of the soccer players in Europe just dropping on the field over in Europe? It is a horrific thing to ponder. 
Every day. Every day. I am thankful that I didn't get the jab. Okay, after detailing two recent high-profile cases in which two tennis players are forced to recuse themselves from last month's Miami Open, Pearson Sharp over at OAN reviewed their shocking investigation and asked a few pressing questions that should be answered if you're still questioning what is driving these heart issues in young people. He said, these are just two of more than 769 athletes who have collapsed during a game on the field over the last year, from March of 2021 to March of this year. The average age of the players suffering cardiac arrest is just 23 years old. How many 23-year-old athletes were collapsing and suffering heart attacks before this year? Do you know any 23-year-old people who had heart attacks before now? And these, just, and these are just the ones we know about. How many have gone unreported? Nearly 800 athletes, young, fit people in the prime of life, falling down on the field. In fact, 500% more soccer players in the EU are dropping dead from heart attacks than just a year ago. He says, coincidence? When the Pfizer vaccine is known to cause heart inflammation? No. In fact, many doctors treating these players list their injuries and deaths as being directly caused by the vaccine. This is not a coincidence. Healthy teenagers dying after getting the Pfizer injection. Doctors warned the FDA before they released the experimental vaccine that would almost certainly cause terrible organ damage. So how do you hold people accountable? Now, I've got more. I've got more. From the Epic Times, Zachary Steiber. This dropped on Thursday, April 8th, 2022. Pfizer hired 600 employees due to large increase of adverse event reports. Have you heard about this? Anywhere. Fox News? I kind of doubt it. Talk radio? Maybe. I don't have much time to listen to talk radio anymore. But here it is. Pfizer hired 600 employees in the months after its COVID-19 vaccine was authorized in the United States to the large increase of reports of side effects linked to the vaccine, according to a document prepared by the Pfizer company. According to the document, Pfizer has taken a multiple actions to help alleviate the large increase of adverse event reports. This includes significant technology enhancements and process and workflow solutions, as well as increasing the number of data, carry, and case processing colleagues. At the time when the document from the first quarter of 2021 was sent to the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, Pfizer had onboarded about 600 extra full-time workers to deal with the jump in reports of adverse 
reactions to their vaccine. Pfizer's document said more are joining each month with an expected total of more than 1,800 additional resources by the end of June 2021. The document was titled A Cumulative Analysis of Post-Authorization Adverse Event Reports of Pfizer's Vaccine Received Through February 28, 2021. It was approved by the FDA on April 30, 2021. The document was not made public. until the public health and medical professionals for transparency sued the FDA after the agency claimed it needed decades to produce all the documents relating to the emergency use authorization granted to the company for the vaccine. Under an agreement reached in February, the FDA must produce a certain number of pages each month. The analysis of adverse event reports was previously disclosed to the Health Transparency Group, but certain portions were redacted, including the number of workers Pfizer onboarded to deal with the jump in adverse event reports. Aaron Siri, a lawyer representing the plaintiffs, told the Epic Times in an email, we asked that the redactions of page six of this report be lifted and the FDA agreed without providing an explanation. After the document was produced, the FDA determined that the three redactions on that page could be lifted, according to an FDA spokesperson. The redactions have been made under B4 of the Freedom of Information Act, which lets agencies withhold trade secrets and commercial or financial information obtained from a person which is privileged or confidential. The unredacted version of the document also now shows that approximately 126 million doses of Pfizer were shipped around the world since the company received the first clearance from U.S. regulators on December 1st, 2020. The shipments took place through February 28th, 2021. Unclear how many of those doses have been administered as of that date, but Pfizer did not respond, of course, yada, 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 yada. Okay, now, that's a start. But let me give you more. Deborah Hine over at American Greatness. Article entitled, Doctor Crashes FDA Meeting and Shares the Whistleblower Story They Ignored. A doctor crashed a Food and Drug Administration's meeting with outside vaccine experts earlier this week to share a whistleblower story about the data integrity issues that plagued one of Pfizer's clinical trials In September 2020, a researcher from an organization testing Pfizer's vaccine at several sites in Texas emailed a complaint to the FDA informing the agency of the company's dangerously shoddy research practices. The FDA took no action on her email, and Pfizer continues to use the company. Last week, the FDA authorized a second round of booster shots for people 15 and older and for those with certain immunocompromising conditions. The Vaccines and Related Biological Products Advisory Committee met in an open session April 6 to discuss considerations for use of COVID-19 vaccine booster doses and the process for COVID-19 vaccine strain selection to address current and emerging variants. 
Dr. Peter Doshi, Assistant Professor of Pharmaceutical Health Services, University of Maryland, an associate editor at the British Medical Journal, took the opportunity to tell the whistleblower Brooke Jackson's story. In the fall of 2020, Jackson was the regional director for the Ventavia Research Group, the company that was conducting Pfizer's pivotal Phase Three trial in Texas. She told the British Medical Journal last November she witnessed researchers falsifying data, unblinding trial participants, and employing inadequately trained vaccinators. She also said researchers were slow to follow up on adverse events. Jackson has submitted her evidence to a federal court. During an interview with Daniel Horowitz over the blaze in February, whistleblowers said Pfizer's clinical trials were so riddled with fraud and abuse of the scientific process there was zero credibility left. Quote, in her, Feb- in her September 25 email to the FDA, Jackson wrote that Ventavia had enrolled more than 1,000 participants at three sites. The full trial registered under a long set of numbers and letters, enrolled around 44,000 participants across 153 sites that included numerous commercial companies and academic centers. She then listed a dozen concerns she had witnessed, including participants placed in a hallway after injection and not being monitored by clinical staff. Lack of Timely follow-up of patients who experienced adverse events. Protocol deviations not being reported. Vaccines not being stored at proper temperatures. Well, it's no good then. Mislabeled laboratory specimens and targeting of Ventavia staff for reporting these types of problems. Dr. Doshi told the FDA panel she provided the British Medical Journal with company emails, internal documents, text messages, photos, and conversations with company employees. He added that the materials provided evidence that Ventavia carelessly exposed personal information about the trial participants. The doctor said, unblinding, as I think everybody knows, creates serious concerns about data integrity. But the doctor continued, He said, it's not hard to imagine that corners were cut and mistakes were made. Some mistakes are benign, but others carry serious consequences to data integrity. One hopes the company Ventavia is an extreme outlier, but we need more than just hope. We need evidence that the data were dealt with properly. We need regulatory oversight. But despite whistleblower Brooke Jackson's direct complaint to the FDA, the FDA never inspected Ventavia. In fact, the FDA only inspected nine of the trials over 150 sites before approving the vaccine, and Pfizer continues to use Ventavia for its trials. Dr. Doshi also hit the FDA for failing to adequately monitor Moderna's clinical trials. He lamented, The FDA had over a year and inspected just one, just one of the Moderna trials, 99 sites. How can the FDA feel confident in the Moderna data based on a 1% sample? 
Dr. Doshi concluded by saying that the public has a right to data transparency. He said the public paid for these products and the public takes on the balance of benefits and harms post-vaccination. The FDA has an obligation to act. Dr. Peter Doshi's research focuses on policies related to drug safety and effectiveness evaluation in the context of regulation and evidence synthesis. And he's a longtime advocate for greater public access to clinical trial data. How about them apples? Have you heard about that anywhere? I didn't think so. I didn't think so. Um, I got to send a, a message to somebody here on Podbean because somebody's been trying to get a message to us and doesn't seem to be getting through. So we got one of those. We got one of those. I got more. I got more coming up. Let me once again express how thankful we are to our advertisers. I want to mention a couple of them to you. They make it possible for us to do what we do. Like my friend Justin Minton. M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton in Benton. Now, Justin's a former insurance adjuster who left the insurance industry to become a private lawyer, founded the Minton Law Firm to help injured people fight against powerful insurance companies and corporations, and he has sure helped me out with the three automobile accidents I've been in since 2019. The Minton Law Firm has a great team of lawyers, including the 2016 Trial Lawyer of the Year and the 2016 Outstanding Young Lawyer of the Year. The insurance companies take Justin Minton and his team of lawyers seriously because they know they can and will take your case to trial if need be. So whether you want to go to trial or settle out of court, it's a really good idea to have a knowledgeable trial attorney on your side. Justin's team aims to bring justice to clients who've been injured and need somebody to stand up for them. No matter what the injury, Justin Minton, make sure the Minton Law Firm always works hard for you. Whether you're in a car wreck, hurt on the job, or you or a loved one is suffering from the carelessness of another, if you're in Arkansas, Justin Minton Law, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton and Benton, is here to help you. Just call the Minton Law Firm, 501-943-4195, or visit justinmintonlaw.com today. All right, now I'd like to tell you about the best-kept secret in American healthcare. Let me ask you a couple of questions. I mean, I can't practice medicine, but I'm, uh, I'm going to try to diagnose you anyway. Do you have migraines? Do you have neck pain? Do you have back pain? How about vertigo? How about acid reflux? How about uh, eczema? Hay fever? Problems with your blood sugar? Now, if you're experiencing any of these symptoms, let's do a little test. Look in the mirror. Does one eye look bigger than the other? Are your eyes off balance? Are your shoulders off balance? Look at a picture of yourself, either alone or with a group. Are you leaning to the left or to the right instead of sitting up or standing up straight? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, you probably need to get your atlas adjusted. 
That's how I got rid of my migraines, my neck pain, and my hay fever. Let me tell you how it works because it's the best kept secret in American healthcare. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, which only weighs 2 ounces. So it's really easy for that atlas bone, the C1, to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain, which can restrict your central nervous system's ability to send impulses to the rest of your body the way God designed your body to work. So, that can wind up affecting your respiratory system, your circulatory system, your reproductive system, your digestive system. And it can cause migraines, neck pain, back pain, vertigo, acid reflux, eczema, problems with your blood sugar. If you're having any of these issues and you're thinking, well, I wonder if this would work for me. It's worked for so many people, thousands of people. Do yourself a favor. If you're in central Arkansas, call my friends at the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, 501-279-2009, for a free consultation to see if you need to get your atlas adjusted. If you're outside central Arkansas, just go to their website, turnmypoweron.com and click on the tab that says find a doctor near you. And I certainly hope you can. All right. Having said that, I love this part of the show. I deeply love this part of the show. Brian, hit it, bro. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Doc Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. Brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com. Red River Your Way, big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice. The way you want to, online. Have it delivered to your front door anywhere in the continental United States. RedRiverYourWay.com. Okay, today. Today, our tweet of the day is from a lady who calls herself L.A. Cunningham. And she says, my toddler has discovered the word, Why? Please send help. <laughs> oh, I love it. I still remember one of my little ones when he was two or three. You tell him something, you say, Why, yo? <laughs> oh, but she has, she has follow-ups. She says, to everyone replying with, why? We're lifelong enemies now. I'm sorry it has to be this way. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. That is beautiful. That's your tweet of the day, brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com. All right, that's fantastic. Now, um... Did you know that U.S. government officials 
have admitted they're literally just lying to the public about Russia? Did you realize that? Because they are. NBC News of all places. This dropped early Wednesday morning, April 6th. Article entitled, In a break with the past, U.S. is using intel to fight an info war with Russia, even when the intel isn't rock solid. Really? Four people. It took four people to write this article. Ken Delanian, Courtney Cube, Carol E. Lee, and Dan DeLuce. Here's what they have to say. It was an attention-grabbing assertion that made headlines around the world. U.S. officials said they had indications suggesting Russia might be preparing to use chemical agents in Ukraine. Usurper Joe Biden, see, I won't call him president. Usurper Joe Biden later said it publicly. But three U.S. officials told NBC News this week there's no evidence Russia has brought any chemical weapons anywhere near Ukraine. They said the U.S. released the information to deter Russia from using the banned munitions. Whoa. Okay, wait a minute. NBC News says it's one of a string of examples of the Biden administration's breaking with recent precedent by deploying declassified intelligence as part of an information war against Russia. The administration has done so even when the intelligence wasn't rock solid, according to officials, to keep Russian President Vladimir Putin off balance. Well, he's not off balance now, is he? Because you're putting it out there in NBC News, aren't you? The official said the unprecedented intelligence releases have been so frequent and voluminous, coordinated by the White House National Security Council, that intelligence agencies had to devote more staff members to work on the declassification process, scrubbing the information so it wouldn't be traced horses and methods. Well, you're not, you're not declassifying actual intel if you're just making it up. Right? NBC News says, Observers of all stripes have called it a bold and so far successful strategy, although not one without risks. Tim Weiner, author of a 2006 history of the CIA and 2020's The Folly and the Glory, a look at the U.S.-Russia rivalry over the decades, said, It's the most amazing display of intelligence as an instrument of state power that I have seen or that I've heard of since the Cuban Missile Crisis. It has certainly blunted and diffused the disinformation weaponry of the Kremlin. But it is a disinformation. They're saying that they're saying things that aren't true. It's not intel. Isn't that crazy? That they're just openly admitting it? Well, no, no, no. I understand unnamed sources. But trust me on this. NBC News is not using unnamed sources to try to make Biden look bad. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that that's not the intention. They're like, wow, boy, these guys are smart. 
Gee, Willikers. Man, are they smart. Well, they're not. Not at least. Did you hear this earlier this week? A Bonchi over at Red State had it. Hunter Biden whistleblower flees to Switzerland. Flees to Switzerland. Claims to have mountain of data coming. The Hunter Biden scandal has exploded back onto the national scene over the last few weeks with even left-wing media outlets like the New York Times and Washington Post finally reporting on the details. Much of that sudden interest is being driven by an expanding FBI investigation into the president's son. And as Bonchi said in a prior article, there's every reason to believe something big is coming. Why? Because mainstream media outlets rarely publish stories harmful to Democrats unless they're trying to get out in front to control the narrative. We saw that occur with John Durham's most recent indictments where the Justice Department selectively leaked to the New York Times in order to whitewash the situation. In short, we almost certainly haven't seen the worst yet. Now, a whistleblower previously made known for giving the hard drive for Hunter Biden's infamous laptop to the UK Daily Mail back in 2020 is speaking out, and if he's telling the truth, the Bidens should be losing sleep over it. The source who distributed Hunter Biden's laptop to congressmen and media has fled the U.S. to Switzerland, saying he fears retaliation from the Biden administration. Jack Maxey told the UK Daily Mail a copy of the hard drive from Hunter's Abandoned laptop. Oh, I'm sorry. Jack Maxey gave the UK Daily Mail a copy of the hard drive from Hunter's abandoned laptop in the spring of 2021. He also gave copies of material from it to the Washington Post, New York Times, and Senator Chuck Grassley in his role as ranking Republican in the Senate Judiciary Committee. But he claims they all sat on it for months. For the past two weeks, Jack Maxey has been in hiding in Zurich, Switzerland, working with IT experts to dig out more data from the laptop from hell. That's what they call it. Jack Maxey, former co-host of former Trump advisor Steve Bannon's podcast, The War Room, claims he and his colleagues have found, excuse me, 450 gigabytes of deleted material, including 80,000 images and videos, and more than 120,000 archived emails. He said he intends to post them all online in a searchable database in the coming weeks. Per this report, Jack Maxey has fled to Switzerland to finish a forensic recovery of deleted data that was on Hunter Biden's laptop. And while the images and videos may be the most eye-catching thing that comes from this, it's the deleted emails that could prove a boon toward providing more evidence of the Biden family's corruption. Are there more mentions of the big guy getting his cut of shady payoffs from foreign entities? That's a reference from a prior email that was directed, directly, directly linked to Joe Biden by one of Hunter Biden's associates. Jack Maxey is also making claims the Biden administration has targeted him in an, an attempt to shut him up, including black SUVs, showing up 
outside his home after he first began distributing the laptop's hard drive to congressional members and media outlets, almost all of which ignored it, including Republicans in the Senate. That is the reason for his telling that he's now finishing his work in Switzerland. As to the time frame of when we'll get all this new information, Maxie has set up an online portal where he says he'll be publishing everything he's found over the next several weeks. Until then, it's a waiting game. Still, a hefty dose of sick skepticism is also warranted on matters like this. Obviously, the Hunter Biden laptop is real. The corruption of the Biden family is apparent. Yet one can never underestimate the ability of government bureaucracies to cover for Democrats. There's a ton of smoke and visible fire here. But, Bonchi at Red State says, until I see that the DOJ is actually bringing criminal charges, I won't hold my breath for any real accountability. Politically, though, this story is starting to take its toll. For the first time, the White House is having to field real questions on Hunter Biden's possible possibly criminal escapades. And clearly, they have no good answers. All right. Wow. That's uh, that's something, isn't it? Reminds me of Bob Hope. Yeah, and that's something, Johnny. Yeah, that's 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 wild. That's that's wild. That's something. You've been listening to episode one twenty five of the all new Doc Washburn show. I got a lot more coming up on episode one twenty six, which should drop soon. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us and we love them. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansur's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansur Sempre of the 10th. Well, that's the way it is. Sunday, April 10th. 2022. Thanks, y'all. I really appreciate it.